Hello, brothers and sisters. This is the Remnant Warrior, and you are now listening to Buy Their Fruits on the Kingdom Productions Network. Buy their fruits. You shall know them. Buy, 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 buy their fruits. fruits you shall know them i always get this message bro and messes me right up you're good though keep, keep it going all right so uh previously uh we were having a discussion before we started recording uh uh and we're glad to have fellow brother in christ johnny bargo back on it's a pleasure to have you brother uh Put the three j's up in here that is true yes uh on on, <laughs> on by, by their fruits uh and so we were discussing beforehand we decided to go right into the episode uh, about the four, um, the four ways that the events of Revelation uh, can be um, interpreted. Interpreted, I guess, in lack of better words. Yes. So you have preterism, you have uh, uh, historism, you have futurism, and you have uh, a symbolic, uh, symbolic type interpretation. Stoicism. Oh, uh yes, I would say called. Is it also sci- called I- idealism? Yeah, that's another way of putting it. Yes, it's called by many different names for the symbolic interpretation. Yeah. Um, and so you know, like we we're discussing earlier, I myself am a historist futurist. Uh, if such a thing could exist, that I think there have been echoes, just like there have been little a antichrists. Uh, there have been echoes of the events of. Uh, revelation and biblical prophecy of the end times uh, throughout uh, after, uh, you know, Jesus Christ's uh, death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, we've been living in the end times technically this whole time, but if we're talking about tribulation, we, we haven't hit it yet, in my opinion. Right. Um, but, um, but so, you know, I do believe that there are certain, you know, fall of the temple is 72 AD, for example. Um, there are certain echoes uh, that have previous happened beforehand, but I do believe that all the events that we see in Revelation and all the events that we say in biblical prophecy, both in the Old Testament and New Testament, um, will come to pass in a f- totality future event later, uh, is at least the way that I look at it. Um, and so, uh, Johnny, uh, you know, and then Jeremy, do you want to discuss how you guys look at how uh, the biblical prophecies are going to unfold? Um, yeah, I, actually, I, uh, yeah. I, I almost, this is going to sound really weird, but I almost hold to all of them, which I'm not a preterist. Like I don't, so I don't like saying I hold to all of them, but the Jewish, the Jewish uh, mindset in the first century looked at all of them because they looked at the past because I do believe prophecy has been fulfilled. Many, like some people say, Oh, so futurist, you believe everything's future. No, I believe most of the prophecies that's been in the Bible have been fulfilled. I'm a futurist in the sense of eschatology. You know, I know when um, the Bible's talking about prophesying about Babylon coming in uh, and raiding Jerusalem and taking the people captive, that has already happened. But that's also a future foreshadowing to what the Antichrist 
will do in the future. Um, and there's things in history that's happened, as we were talking before the show, that there's always been wars and rumors of wars. There's always been famines and pestilence in some sense, but th- at one point there's going to be the war, yep. the famine, the pestilence, the time of trouble, because there's always been these things from the beginning, but it's culminating to a future event at the end time when Christ will come. Um, so I am a futurist, but I also hold to that historicist, um, and I believe in poesism in our own singular life, like the Bible says in Matthew 24, Jesus says, when you see these tribute, when you see this tribulation begin, run to the mountains, right, of Judea. To me, that is literal. He's not being poetic. He's not being symbolic. He's talking, you in Judea, run to the mountains when you see the abomination of desolation. Yep. Some people have told me that that is symbology for the high places with God in our times of trouble. And what I told them, I said, well, how you have to do that is that can only be an individual interpretation for Scripture using in a situation in your life. Like if I'm going through tribulation, I can take the word and say, okay, uh, my own tribulation in my own life, say with a family or some instance, I can say, well, I need to go to the high place with God. Okay, that that can be true, but only for like you can only use that symbolic in your situation that can never change the text of what it literally means. You know, so I believe the Bible gives us poetism. I believe it gives us historicism. It gives us things that have come to pass and it's still leading to the future. And that's what I'm going to talk tonight is I believe the eschatological eschatological uh, conclusion of the Antichrist and the tribulation is still future. I agree. I agree. Um, what about you, Jeremy? Sorry about that. Yeah. No, you're good, man. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think that prophecy has been being fulfilled throughout time and until it culminates, like you said, into the great tribulation, the end times, you know, um, the Antichrist, because you have things like the abomination of desolation. A lot of people think that's already been fulfilled. I personally think that that was a shadow and a figure for a, a future or sometime. I, I feel like it's going to be soon abomination of desolation. And then we will eventually get there and all these things will, you know, be for be, being fulfilled throughout time. So that just made uh, any sense. So let me ask you guys this then. Um, who do you believe mystery Babylon is? Miss curious personally i believe um, it's uh, go on bro no go ahead you, you probably got a more concise answer than i got maybe um it depends on if you view that you know the horror of babylon and mystery of babylon are different do you guys believe uh, so, who, so, who, so i believe that i believe they're mystery of babylon and the heartland are one and the same okay so i would i honestly think it's rome that's my okay. opinion okay that's the historist view i believe it's jerusalem johnny what do you believe um I have heard the case for Rome. I've heard the case for Jerusalem. I've heard the case for America. Mm-hmm. I've heard the case for um, like a Muslim future. Even like some people believe there might be that future city, Om, I think, or of that uh, United Arab Emirates are creating like some futuristic uh, city. Um, I haven't. Honestly, I'm I'm I've came to a point where I'm like I'm leaving this open until I really um, get more clarity. So I, I kind of just leave that up in in the way because I can see a case for 
for a lot of different things. Uh, so I, I'm I'm just open to uh, letting God lead me even further. As maybe as time goes on, maybe a future, you know, city in the United Arab Emirates that is so futuristic takes over. Hey, so be it. I'm not saying that's going to happen. Yeah. I'm just saying I'm open to uh, right now. I'm just open. And, and I mean, these these are secondary issues as far as what is the heartland, <laughs> you know, what is mystery yeah. Babylon? Yeah. You know, I, I agree yeah. with Michael Heiser when he says it's not America. I don't think it's America um, it personally. Um, I'm not anti it's 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 Rome, um, but I do believe it is Jerusalem. Um, and, you know, that th but then again, that's also going to affect somewhat your eschatology too of where you you know where you you know because most obviously a historist point of view is it's 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 rome there's no other way around it um yeah futurists are split between uh rome jerusalem and america but most futurists because of the council for national policy and its thought uh, uh flawed uh theology by people like um uh left behind uh tim LaHaye. Uh, and uh, and uh, uh, Dallas Jenkins's father, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, I can't think of his name right now offhand. Uh, let me see real quick. Left behind um, uh, authors, uh, Jerry Jenkins. That's right. So because yeah, of yeah. Um, kind of CMP pushed eschatology, uh, which kind of blend itself in with the new apostolic reformation now, um, there's kind of uh, – you know, a belief that America will be Babylon or sometimes they'll even push that Rome will be Babylon too. Right. Uh, and so, you know, there's, that's, it's going to, it's going to kind of change what you, you know, what your eschatology is depending And there's many different, yeah. you know, uh, things that would yeah. change a person's eschatology, like, you know, post, you know, pre post or mid trib rapture, for example, uh, or, yeah. um, uh, Premillennialism, amillennialism, uh, and postmillennialism. Um, and yep. I myself am a literal, I'm premillennial, literal thousand year reign. I, I don't see it any yeah. other way. Me too. In my opinion. Me too. Um, uh, and, but I have brothers and sisters who are all millennial, uh, you know, and I love them. Uh, I think it could be a dangerous uh, eschatology. Um, in, 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 in that it, it kind of plays into, uh, both the, the hands of the NAR, uh, and, uh, um, uh, kind of like they call uh, Christian dominionism or, or Christian the theocracy type beliefs with all millennialism. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, and, and, you know, these are secondary, you know, issues. Like I'm willing to call these people, you know, I myself don't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. I'm more mid or likely post-trib. You know, but I have friends who are pre-trib and, you know, and, and, and I'm not, it's not a dividing issue between us. Uh, you know, we all believe that Jesus Christ is, is coming back, uh, you know, and yeah. so I, and, and I, Johnny, I did want to ask your opinion on this and then we'll have a discussion of what preterism is and par partial preterism and you too, Jeremy. But one of the reasons why I think that we can't have differing opinions on eschatology is because no one is supposed to know the time or the hour. Uh, that uh, yeah. that that Jesus returned. So that's why I think that we are able to have somewhat of a confusion. We all know that Jesus is coming back. We know that. Uh, but I do yeah. believe that there is a little bit of disagreement here where there's not disagreements on other things that are core doctrine. You know, if someone's truly born again, you know, it truly has the Holy yeah. Spirit dwelling in them. <laughs> you know, there's not, there's, there's, there's agreements, uh, 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 you know, yeah. primary doctrine. You know, but of the devil, <laughs> Jeremy. But you know, I there are 
you know, some, I think the reason why there is some confusion in this is because of that. And that's something that I believe is true. I'm not saying thus saith the Lord, but it's one of the reasons why I think that there is confusion in this. That and yeah, even even in the early church, you you see that they, on the core doctrines, they were all in one accord. But then in certain issues, a lot of times eschatology, they differed. Uh, yeah. Some wider than others, and some closer than others. But still, there was never like this concise, uh, exact. Now, I I know none of them were ever pre-trip, but some had different opinions on like about the Jews and about you know what would happen to the Jews in the end time, different stuff like that. So their end time doctrines sometimes differed, but I do know they were never pre-trip. But yeah, I don't think we can um, look at each other and really put a wall of separation for eschatology. I believe there's room there. Um, also with like, we see through a glass darkly. So it's going to be hard to really, as much as we study as much wisdom as the Holy spirit can give us. I don't believe in this human flesh, this mortal flesh that we can ever be absolutely concise about much of anything except mm-hmm. Jesus is Lord. There's no other way to the father and he is Amen. coming back. Amen. Yeah, I know that, uh, you know, there are some things like some hills that I will die on, especially the core doctrines within Christianity. But like whether, like you said, it's Rome or, or that's not a, that's not something I'm going to die on. That's my strongly held opinion and belief. But if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You know what I mean? It doesn't really it's matter. It's not something yeah. not to break. It's, so, it's not something to break fellowship off with the brother and sister if they hold yeah, a different yeah. opinion on that. I mean, obviously, me and Jeremy are still doing by their fruits. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Even though I believe it's Jerusalem, you know, but, but you know, so, but um, I, I, I will say that preterism in and of itself, not necessarily partial preterism, but I will say preterism is an extremely dangerous eschatology view to hold. Yes. Would you agree, agree with that, Johnny? I absolutely agree. Let's let's break down what preterism is. And I have a definition in front of me if you want me to read it. But if you guys, if, if one of you want to go ahead and break it down, go for it. Go ahead, brother. All right. So preterism is the eschatological view that all prophecy, this is full preterism, by the way, that all prophecy was fulfilled in AD 70. They also believe that this time period was the Great Tribulation. It teaches that all or the majority of the Olivet Discourse uh, has come to pass by 70 AD. And uh, we can historically trace this view back to the Jesuit Louis de Alcazar, um, who lived in the mid-15th century to the early 16th century. And uh, he wrote the first systematic preterist exposition called, I'm going to butcher this, but the Vestigato Arcani Census uh, Apocalypse during Not the uh, counter-reformation better to me thanks bud which futurism is a counter is a jesuit counter-reformation view too as well yes Lessons those are forget. red flags for me honestly too just but the same. i would say from historist point of view though there's a red flag with that was they kept saying it, it, we were living in it we're living in it right now the pope you know and yeah. it, it so did the early up. church too though that is true, yes, but they were primarily blaming the Roman papist system. Yeah, the seat uh, of the of the of the papacy. They believe that that seat was the Antichrist, basically. Yes. Whoever yes. sits in there is the Antichrist. Yes, which again, with everything playing out with the Great Awakening, Grand Deception, eh, I don't see it unless it's yeah, Vagano. Unless, unless it's Archbishop Vagano and and Francis was <laughs> literally the last pope. Then I mean, I mean. I, I, Maybe. Yeah, who knows? Honestly, who knows? But I don't. I don't like. I said like I. I. 
I don't want to classify myself as historicism, but I feel like that's the closest to where I'm at. But um, I don't believe that the seat of the Pope or the papacy, as we call it, is like everybody who sits in there is the Antichrist. I believe that maybe they're shadows and figures and that one day maybe a Pope will be the Antichrist, but I'm, I'm not 100 percent sure on that. So. And we have to re- and we have to remember that the historist point of view did come from uh, Protestantism, uh, which me as a Baptist, I'm separate from the rest of the Protestants. Uh, so just putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> they killed they killed they killed uh, the Baptists back in the day. The Protestants. Did. Oh, yeah. Yep, it's crazy stuff. All right. So, Johnny, since we're, you're on here for this main point, uh, I don't know where you want to start with preterism, but if you want to go ahead and destroy it, be my guest. Yes, please. I'm going to um, just probably take like two or three focal points and just focus on that instead of okay. more of a broad. I'm really just going to kind of put it under a microscope. Uh, some some things like to me, I, I agree with you guys. Preterism is absolute hyper preterism, full preterism uh, is absolutely a dangerous, dangerous doctrine. For one, it lets the church walk into the Great Tribulation unaware and unprepared so which same does the pre-trip but yeah very much so yeah i agree with you on the pre-trip dangerous. it's allowing the church it's teaching the church to not be prepared for the greatest trial that it's ever going to face and to me that is so dangerous amen um and then it also makes you take the scripture and disregard all of the eschatology when that's one third of the Bible. So now we got to like disregard all kinds of stuff and say it's the past. To me, that just trashes the scripture um, when you actually have it in context. And it just, I've also heard that we're, we're past the millennium and, you know, in the time of the little season, I think that can be very dangerous because then you're still not prepared for the antichrist in the scripture. I mean, it's just, the, then the Bible's not even for us at that point. Because it never talks about a church or a Bible or needing like the same scriptures that we had before made it into the millennium, past the millennium, into the rebellion. Like, I just don't see where you could be guided too much with that. Um, So preterism needs to be contextually disassembled. And we go, I believe it begins in Matthew 24, where Jesus says, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which was spoken of by Daniel, the prophet standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. So 70 AD cannot be what Jesus is talking about if the abomination of desolation doesn't take place then. Okay. So that is, that is the nail in the coffin. We got to know when did this happen? What did Jesus say? Go to Daniel. So we go to Daniel, and I like to begin in Daniel 11, where verse 31, it says, And forces from him will arise, desecrate the sanctuary fortress, and do away with the regular sacrifice, and they will set up the abomination of desolation. And it goes on down talking about uh, the you know, by smooth words, he will turn godliness, those who act wicked toward the covenant, but the people who know their God will display strength and take action. Uh, those of the inside among the people will get, uh, will give understanding to many, yet they will fall by the sword, by flame, by captivity and plunder for many days. Goes on to say the king will do according to his will. And this is something we really need to have a separate 
topic about, but it says he will not regard the God of his fathers. The the God he observes, his fathers knew not of, the, the scripture says. So what this does for me, and I'm just going to throw this in here real quick, and then I'll jump back to preterism. What do you guys think? Like, to me, I kind of read that and I see, well, if it is a pope, he's not going to acknowledge the God that the popes acknowledged. He will say he is God. Okay, if it's a Muslim antichrist, he's saying he doesn't acknowledge Allah because he doesn't recognize the God of his fathers. So I think there's a conversation for eschatology that could really be implanted in that in itself. But that's a, that's a whole side topic. He goes on down and says all these things. Uh, he will take action against the strong uh, strongholds of the fortress and go in and help of a foreign god. It talks about trouble out of the east and the the north and then the king of the south will push at him all of these things and then it says he will be destroyed and no one will help him the very next chapter because we know there's no such thing as chapter breaks it says now at that time michael the great prince will stand guard over the sons of your people will arise and there will be a time of distress such as has never occurred since there was a nation even until this time and at that time your people everyone who's found written in the book will be rescued Many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake, those to some to everlasting life, but others to disgrace and everlasting contempt. The reason I bring that up is, it says, and at that time. What time? The time around the abomination of desolation and the great tribulation. Many will wake up out of the ground. That is the resurrection. Now, what we have to do is we have to... Uh, Bring the scripture down of what Jesus said, and we have. If you're a hyper preterist, believe in 70 AD, everything happened. You also have to believe that the bodily resurrection of the saints had taken place. Yeah. So it all is nailed down to when was the resurrection, and the abomination of desolation. I absolutely do not believe there's any scriptural at all. You can take any scripture or any history events, any history books, accounts to say that the bodily resurrection of the dead happened in 70 AD. I just don't think you can see that. And that's where you really nail this down is the resurrection. Jesus said, go to Daniel. You go to Daniel. You see what it's talking about. You see these events. Uh, and, And also in Daniel 11, starting in about verse 21, all the way down, you can actually see Matthew 24 and Revelation 6 in Daniel 11 if you really look at it. Some people say, well, that's fulfilled. I think maybe there was events that looked like that. But to me, I think when it, when we hit the Antichrist, we're not talking about uh, past events because I, I believe it's still all tied into the time of the abomination, of desolation, and the resurrection. Can I, can I throw something out there? Uh, because Absolutely. Some, some- and, and maybe you can explain, but some preterists use uh, Matthew twenty-seven fifty-two. Yep. yep. Uh, the tombs were open. I was about to say that. I was about to say that, Jeremy. Yeah. So it says the tombs were open and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Lot, lots of preterists I've heard use that verse to justify. But even mm-hmm. then, it, it wasn't in seventy A.D. when that occurred. I agree. It doesn't make any sense to me because they're hop. I have a really good friend uh, who is a uh, who is a full preterist. Um, and he tra- he's also Calvinist, high, high, double predestination Calvinist. All Who's right, your friend? Hello. No, I'm just kidding. No, I, no, I <laughs> but but uh, but uh, he, he would make kidding, that buddy. same. He, he'd make the same. I know he'd make the same argument about Matthew twenty seven fifty two like that. And I was sitting there and I'm like, 
every which, every which way this doesn't what it doesn't logically add up but whatever so yeah because you also at that time you have to think about the events of revelation you have to go look that means the trumpets not only were the seals open you got the trumpets like fire mingled with blood and uh the waters turning to blood and a third of the earth decimated with uh the angels out of the euphrates river and the whole world set on fire and like pretty much and burn up and ev all the fish in the sea died. And then like, then Armageddon takes place. Like that has right. to, you can't separate all of those events from Daniel 11 in between the abomination of desolation until the end. Like all those events are in there. So you, there, to me, it just seems illogical uh, in the text. To, to think that those things have happened. I don't see any history to back that, and I don't see scripture to back that as well. So yes, I do believe what the scripture says that many uh, raised on that day. I think there was an account of like, what, 400 or something like that? Uh, maybe, I don't know if, if history gives a number, but we're talking massive numbers in the resurrection. Now, I know many uh, full preterists also believe that that's there's not a literal bodily resurrection that that's talking about like your sinful nature you being resurrected from your sinful nature and to walk in christ in the spirit called into his kingdom and that is the resurrected body and that we are in the millennium now and this is it you know we're in the fullness and i've always told my buddy when we talk about it i said i pray that that is not true because I got diabetic nerve damage. My eyes are going out. I've got a busted shoulder, a busted knee. I mean, if this is my glorified body, I'm, you know, where's my hope? You know what I'm saying? But I just don't believe that it's scripturally logical in, in no basis in history and nothing at, at all. Well, I noticed that like once you start going uh, and, and you go away from taking the verses literal and then turn it like allegorical or try to explain mm -hmm. it away. You start, you start going off the path already. Well, yeah, because it allow what it allows you to do at that point in your hermeneutics is not let other scriptures be your judge and your God. You just mm -hmm. take a scripture and you kind of can just bend it and throw in ideas wherever you want to, when you think it's symbolic, you know, because then it's open for interpretation. It's wide open and you don't have to, judge the word based upon the word because you can just twist all the words to be a pretzel and do whatever you want it to there's many ways they try to nail you they'll try to get you with that matthew 27 then they'll say um luke luke 9 and luke 21 luke well luke 9 uh, this is this is something that I, I like to point out because this is a big staple in some people's argument luke 9 and 27 it says, but I say to you, truthfully, there are some of you standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. And they will look at you and say, Johnny, how in the world do you get around that? He said what he said. He meant what he meant. And you're a person who says, let the scripture be the scripture. And I say, you're absolutely right. Let's let the scripture be the scripture. He says, in, in the next verse, it says, some eight days after these sayings. So what we see the scripture doing here is there's a locking between verse 27 and what is to come and follow verse 28. 
Whatever's about to take place here is interlocking with what was said eight days before, because what? Why would they say eight days and then go to an event? We know there was things that happened between those eight days. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Jesus was doing something awesome every day. He didn't just like, you know, they didn't go to the beach for seven days and then kick back off here eight days later. So this saying, he said some eight days after these sayings, he took along Peter and James and John and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face became different and his clothes became white and gleaming. He started just shining like crazy. And behold, two men were talking with him. They were Moses and Elijah, who appearing in glory, meaning just brilliant fashion, were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Yeah. Now, this is, this is my take. Some people don't agree with this, but it's okay. Um, what we're seeing when Jesus comes in his kingdom, he's going to come in his brightness. He's going to be in his glorified, bright, shining light body. I mean, just as bright as the eyes can imagine. And some of those that were standing there that day in verse 27, James, John, and Peter were standing there. Eight days after these sayings, this happened, and they saw him glorified. They saw the kingdom of God, what it is in its nature and what it really is. So I don't believe we can use that as saying that the end, Jesus would come in the end while some there didn't die, like his literal coming. I think that's why it's important to see he linked those sayings eight days after with the same event. They saw him in his glory they saw Moses and Elijah in, in the glory, what it would be when we get into the kingdom, our glorified body. And he saw that. That was a Jesus. We, you, you and I know that Jesus spoke many like just deep things where they were like, uh, I don't get it. Yeah. And this was one of them. You will not taste death till you see the kingdom of God. They, it didn't say till you see me coming in the kingdom or see me return on the clouds. He said till you see the kingdom of God. And I believe. That's what they saw there when Jesus was changed to his uh, a, a shining bright state. I believe they saw the kingdom of God. And that there unlocks their argument for saying it is in 70 AD because Jesus said some standing here would not die till I come. But that's not what the scripture said at all. Yep, I agree with you on that. Um, that's you know, the way you, you really don't. You really don't hear that talked about too much in Luke 9 there, but I think that is a very uh, concrete, very important staple argument against uh, preterism's one of their main verses. So, yeah, all, no, go ahead, go ahead, Jeremy. I was going to say they also like to use like Luke 21, but they'll read down to verse 25 and forget the rest. You know what I mean? Because what happened in 70 AD in Jerusalem, right? Like, I'm sorry, they'll read to like verse 24. And this is, and they shall fall by the sword, by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. It's like they stop there and they stop reading where it says there'll be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming to the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall we see the son of man coming in a cloud with glory and great power and great with power and great glory. Sorry. They don't even get oh, to yeah. that part. No, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, there's so many 
places that it just doesn't, it, you can't, you can't do it. Only thing you're holding on to at this point, you're not really holding on to the scriptures. You're holding on to a eisegetical induction of your own opinion into the scriptures. And you're driven by emotionalism by hanging on to your denomination or your eschatological belief rather than what let God be true and every man a liar, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think they're they're taking they're looking um you know back in history about what you know some events some crazy events that have happened and say oh look that must have been it. Yep, that's you the know, same that as we do been. like right now with the mark of the beast with the back you know the the V the yep. shot yeah um, yep. and we we put scripture we put our life and our events into the scripture and that's yep. if we. If we're not careful and mature and patient waiting of what happens, like I said about the revival, like I said about the shot when it first come out, I said, hey, this thing could set up. This could be. I said, but we got to wait. We got to see. And then it folded. Yeah, it unfolded and it wasn't. Just as we know about what's what happened with a lot of things, when you wait and see, like with the Brownsville, uh, Toronto blessing things, people said, oh, this is a great revival. Mm -hmm. No, look at the fruit. You've seen that. Once you let it mature, you see what it really is. Because um, a wheat and a tear, they grow up. Before they produce fruit, they look identical. Yep. And then once they actually bear fruit, the the wheat will bow and the tear will stand up, like, pridefully. You know, so you can't – that's why we are to judge nothing until the time. Because until it bears fruit, uh, you know – so we're seeing the fruit of this doctrine. We've let prayerism have its time. Okay, it's not there. For me, I, I have to go by the fruits. And it's a dangerous doctrine. It puts people unprepared. It's got holes all in its interpretation. And I pray tonight, more than anything, that people will let go of what they have always believed and just let the scripture speak for itself. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I mean, you know, I myself believe that it is likely that we are living in the latter parts of the end times. The tribulation may start very soon. I don't think it's 500 years in the future, but I could no, be definitely wrong. not. Um, and I actually believe that it's a possibility, and I've stated on my channel that Donald John Trump might be the Antichrist. I'm not saying, thus saith the Lord. I'm not saying yeah. I know 100% sure, but I do believe that there are a lot of weird occurrences in, in matching a biblical prophecy uh, with Trump. But then again, people 10 years ago thought Obama was the Antichrist. Uh, they also you know, think it's his son. Uh, Jared Kushner is also a possibility. Yeah, I think Jared The funding Kushner- of the Third Temple. I think Jared Kushner will probably fulfill some sort of false prophet. I believe false prophet. I believe the uh, the Antichrist is going to be a Gentile, and I believe the false prophet is going to be Jewish. Um, but you know, again, I'm not saying with 100 percent certainty. You know, I'm not saying thus saith the Lord. I'm not prophesying uh, that these things are true. Uh, you know, and, and you're 100 percent right, Johnny, in that when the when the you know with the V and and the back Vax passport around it, a lot of people were were pushing straight up. It's the mark of the beast. And I was like, okay, no, it's no, you know, it's, it's something that we gonna that we know is is first of all, there's a lot of events in the Book of Revelation that have to happen, and I'm not saying it's all linear, okay? That's another misconception too that some people have, where and now this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens, okay? 
Uh, which, you know, there is there is some truth in that, don't get me wrong, but there's also some truth that it might not be 100% linear in the way that we believe that it is, okay? Yeah. And so, you know, but I, I do know that the Mark of the Beast is going to be something uh, that you accept to be part of the Beast system, uh, to, to have, uh, you know, uh, some sort of, you would have some sort of adoration of the Antichrist to be able to uh, take such a mark, right? And it would be something that's not forced upon you you take it willingly, okay? So when they were giving the COVID shots, and it's also something that appears on your forehead uh, or your right hand and arm, you know? So yes, for them definitely. for them to, you know, and he needed to buy and sell too as well, uh, you know? So there's there's certain things. And when, you know, old folks were getting uh, the, the V against their will uh, in, 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 in the nursing homes, you know? It's like, okay, so you have a believer, all their life, who signed, sealed, and delivered? Okay, they, 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 you know, they're, 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 they're born again. Okay, and they ran the race, and um, they're forced to shot to stay in that nursing home. Yep. And you're going to tell people that they're going to hell that that's the mark of the beast, and especially when New Agers started saying it was. Definitely. What do they know about biblical prophecy? What do they know about the Bible? You know, they have the spirit of the Antichrist in them. I used to have the spirit of the Antichrist in me uh, because I was a yep. new ager before I became born again. Uh, you know, and so seeing stuff like that really, you know, I started realizing um, that there are things that we really have to be Bereans in the word. And there's things that we have to really rightfully, you know, discern. Um, and that's, you know, one thing. And I would argue that people who are uh, pre-trib, uh, rapture believers. And I, I I have friends who are pre-trib believers, brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, one of them is 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 um, a Turner from All Out War, for example. I, I'm on their show a lot. Uh, they're on mine. Hopefully me and Jeremy will interview uh, Tony. I mean, sorry, Turner and Rosie one day as some sort of a cross stream between By Their Fruits and All Out War. Uh, but he would argue that there, you know, something you mentioned earlier, he would argue that there are early church uh, fathers who discussed the pre-tribulation rapture. Now, I disagree with that. I, you know, but you know, I have seen there's books written about it. There's evidence that necessarily didn't start with um, LaHaye and Jenkins. Um, and so, you know, I though I disagree with pre-tribulation rapture, I do say that, you know, if someone believes it, fine. You know, like I'm not going to sit there and and, and 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 you know come against them in that regard. But what worries yeah. me is that some of the pastors, and Turner doesn't do this, okay, but some of the pastors that believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, like the pastor of, of this church, and I'm not going to name them, uh, that my wife's family goes to, he would say, oh, you don't have to worry about the mark of the beast. We're going to be raptured, uh, you know, before that happens, you know. Yeah. And that just so got to pit my stomach, pit my stomach, because I was like, well, you don't know that for sure. You know, and so it's the same with preterists in that they're not being watchmen and watchwomen on the wall when this stuff, you know, that we believe is, is going to come to pass, that it's going to happen in the future and it hasn't been fulfilled yet. Right. So they're kind yep. of don't have that defense against these things. And I would assume if they truly are born again, the Holy Spirit would warn them when it became closer to time that they were wrong and hopefully they would humbly, you know, admit repent that they were mistaken about that, you know, but, um, but, but, you know, and so, but th that's why it's, I think it's so important for us to have this discussion is because, you know, 
what if they're, you know, what, you know, we believe they're wrong. What if they're wrong? What if, you know, you hold these beliefs and you're wrong? You should look to these. And also don't let your heart be troubled. You know, if you, if you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, it doesn't happen. Jesus is still coming back. If you're yep. preterist and believe it's been fulfilled and it hadn't been, Jesus Christ is still coming back. Yep, that's right. Um, yeah, man, it, it, I, I pray that when that time comes that they're like, okay, all right, I believed a lie. Let's let's go, Lord. You know, instead of like, oh, you know, they lied to me, they lied to me, and then cower away. I believe many will do that. But I also believe that, like you say, those who are filled with the Holy Spirit at that time, when it, when God shakes everything and the only thing that's going to stay uh, on is what's the truth. And they see that that wasn't the truth. They're like, all right, I just been lied to. That's fine. I trust God. So I, I believe, I believe for that. And I pray for that. Um, you know, they also say that 70 AD, you know, the abomination of desolation, the end times, the return of Jesus. But what they fail to see is if you go back in actual history, even Jewish uh, historians will tell you over, I think, a million Jews died, but no Christians died because they didn't stay. They didn't fight for the city. They ran to the mountains. They thought what Jesus was saying on his Sermon on the Mount, that was actually coming to fulfill. And to me, I believe that was sort of a double fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. Jesus prophesied that event. Yes, a lot. Double prophecy. And that's what gets people, I believe, also believing in preterism because they don't realize the double ultimate fulfilling of that prophecy is yet still to come in the end time. But so the, the church, the Christian, the, the messianic Christians knew Jesus's sermon on the Mount and they saw the event happen. They was like, this is it. So they ran. But what does the scripture say about the great tribulation? This is the war against the church, the saints. Um, millions are going to be martyred for Jesus. That's not what happened in 70 AD. They weren't martyred for Jesus, um, and the Christians escaped, and the Jews were killed. So it's actually a flip side of what actually happened, and yet uh, Christ's warnings got many, many to, to flee. So there's so many things, like also Daniel 9, 27. So many people want to say that's Jesus, and they want to say in, in, uh, on the cross, and then at 70 AD, the 70 weeks was fulfilled. I don't know how you guys believe, but I I am a gap believer, uh, and so is everyone if they really want to be technical, because they'll say 70 A.D. was the end. Okay, well, Jesus was cut off in 33 A.D., so what's the gap between 33 and 70? It's a smaller gap, but yet you still believe in a gap, you know? Um, but I tend to believe that the time of the Gentiles began at the cut off of the 69th week and there's coming a time when the fullness of the gentiles will be fulfilled and then that 70th week uh but i think the fullness of the gentiles will actually blend into the 70th week um and then you see the 70th week begin and and i believe we've already established that the antichrist and the abomination of desolation and daniel 11 is linked to daniel 12 where many are raised out of the earth at the resurrection so here we see it says in Daniel 9, 26, then after 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing. And the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary, and it will end with comes like a flood, even to the end, the, 
there will be war to the end. There will be war. Desolations are determined. So there's 69 weeks. If you read the whole thing, Daniel 9, 24 to Daniel 9, 26, there's 69 weeks. And many historians, most historians will tell you um, that at the ordering of to, to rebuild the, the, the temple till the day Jesus goes into Jerusalem on the donkey, it was 69 weeks, exactly, 483 years. And in verse 37, it says, And he will make a firm covenant with many for one week. I cannot remember the Hebrew name uh, for that phrase, one week. Uh, if you guys know that, I think it's Shavuot, maybe, or something like that. And it means seven, a, a seven years. But in the middle of the week, that means three and a half years, he will put a stop to sacrifice and grain offering whoever he is, and they will say it's Jesus because on the cross, he stopped the sacrifices. No more. He is the ultimate sacrifice. And it says, on the wing of abominations will come one who makes desolate. So the one who comes on the wings and makes desolate is the same he that uh, makes a firm covenant. I also don't see anywhere where Jesus makes a seven-year covenant in the scriptures, personally. Uh, and he will come who makes desolate, even until a complete destruction. We saw that in Daniel 11 at the end where he is destroyed and no one comes to help him. Uh, a complete destruction on the one that is decreed is poured out on the one who makes desolate. They will say this is Jesus. But I believe letting scripture answer the scripture. We go to chapter 8. We go to, to verse 9. It says, and out of, out of one of them came forth a rather small horn which grew exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, east, and toward the beautiful land. It grew up to the host of heaven and caused some of the host and some of the stars to fall to the earth, and it trampled them down. Here we go. It even magnified himself equal with the commander of hosts, and it removed the regular sacrifice from him, and place of his sanctuary was thrown down. Now, in the King James, I'm going to read it in the King James here because I like it a little better. I can get there quick enough. Daniel 8. Daniel, it said, Yea, he magnified himself even to the prince of hosts, and by him the daily sacrifice was taken away. It just answered Daniel to, to me. This is how yeah. I interpret it. Yeah. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. Who? The one who causes desolation. That's not Jesus Christ. Chapter 8 tells us exactly, um, yea, he magnified himself even to the prince of the host, and by him the daily sacrifice was taken away, and his place of his sanctuary was cast down. And a host was given him against the daily sacrifice by reasons of transgression, and cast it down the truth to the ground, and it practiced, and it prospered. So we see that the scripture answers the scripture just a chapter before that the one who cuts off the sacrifices is the same one who magnified himself against the prince of the host and the sanctuary. So there's no way for a 70 AD completion here in Daniel 9:27. I don't see that. And they'll say, I don't believe in a gap. But as I said just a little bit before, everyone believes in a gap somehow. If you believe 70 AD fulfills Daniel 9, 27, because that's not right after Jesus died, you have a 33-year gap or something like that. 
or 37. Um, so there's so many things that they cling to that they use as preterism and proof for it, but just a concise, exegetical, careful examination of the scriptures and letting the scripture be the, be the authority and not our belief system. I think it falls, it, it really falls on it flat on its face. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. That was great. So Catholic what church, Catholic church on, owned. No, I'm just <laughs> right you know, you know i'm just trying to touch on a few certain like this normally i don't attack the the preterism doctrine like this i'll be more concise but tonight is kind of just more of an open dialogue um to touch on certain aspects of what they believe and why i believe that some of their main focal points just to me it, it doesn't it doesn't um fit the bill well um can i ask you something johnny definitely was there a specific reason why you wanted to come on tonight to tackle preterism? Was there comments that you were seeing? Was there a revival or a push of preterist beliefs, uh, which usually oh, go brother, hand in hand with I the Catholic Church? But I'm just curious. Yeah, I see it all the time, like so many times. When because I, me personally, I'm I'm an apologetist, and <laughs> my topics mainly are eschatology, Hebrew roots, um, the once they'd always say type debunking of the scriptures. And when I'm doing a lot of the eschatology, I hear all the time, like, oh, brother, that's already fulfilled. Or they'll go to someone who's actually wanting to hear what I have to say, and they'll say, no, 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 he's a futurist. He's a Jesuit. All this has been fulfilled. This is, this is just a Jesuit lie. And, you know, and they'll spew and really take these young babes off because those young babes can't search the script they could search the scriptures but they're that just doesn't happen a lot of times and they're more surface people if they got someone speaking to them something that seems right then they're they're more likely to listen to that and i'm i'm seeing it so much that so many people there's such a rise of saying oh brother it's already fulfilled this is a conspiracy by the jesuits and i think it's important to understand that we as the church, unless we die before the great tribulation, I believe we will face it up until the hour that no man knows that Jesus will come cut that short for the church during the tribulation before the wrath of God, because I'm a pre-wrath believer personally myself. I believe Amen. the church will go through some of the tribulation uh, maybe three quarters, maybe one quarter, maybe half. We don't know. No man knows the day or hour. But I believe once the church is taken, you then have, because the day of the Lord is pronounced by what? The sun turning dark, the moon turning to blood, and the stars falling from the sky. That is, it says, before the great day of the Lord. Before. So, Everything before the sun turning dark, the moon turning to blood, that is not the day of the Lord. So we yeah. see the church going through in, in the fifth seal, they die. And they'll say, well, it's the tribulation saints. There's no such thing, separation. Being persecuted by the world. Yep. Yes. The saints will be no, and proclaiming Christ. Yes, that is the church. Those who have the witness of Christ can never be separated from the church. You can't be the church is gone and now these other Christians aren't the church. It's like this don't that's isogetical. So I do believe we will go through we will see the Antichrist. 
And at an unknown time, Christ will come, cut the church out, amputate. That's actually what that word means there. Cut out of, uh, amputate um, because of foreseen danger. And then at that time, the sun turning dark, moon turning to blood, then the day of the Lord would prescribe. I also, I don't know if this really isn't a preterism talk, but since it's an eschatological, eschatological talk, um, the parousia, personally, the parousia, I believe, just as the first parousia, the first coming of the Lord, was not a single event, like it just wasn't a flash. It was his birth. It was his life. It was his miracles. It was his ministry. It was his um, passion. It was his crucifixion. It was his resurrection. It was his 40 days teaching. And then it was his ascension. That is the first coming. It's not one thing. It's multiple events making up one parousia with his people. So I believe that maybe we could start seeing the second parousia in the same way, meaning it's not just in a flash. You have events that begin the day of the Lord, and it culminates all the way up until he comes at Armageddon when he drags the armies down and he destroys them. So. I believe that the day of the Lord is signaled and started by the rapture and resurrection, the sun turning dark, moon turning to blood, and then the, the, the judgments will begin to pour out in a culmination until he comes, destroys the Antichrist, and then he begins to set in the millennium. That is all the parousia, not one, like just one flash as we seem to think in this modern Western belief of the parousia, his coming. I believe it's multiple events, just like his first coming. Well, there's, that's there's, a, no, go ahead, Jeremy. I was going to say that's a good point because I was going to mention that earlier that people see eschatology is happening like with the seven seals, right? Like all these judgments are happening in one day. You never know, like, you don't know how long or how many years, like, the first seal is going to even last. You know what I mean? To do what it's there for, or the second, or the third, or the fourth, you know, that could be a span of, 150 years you never know well i hold to it as one day yeah no i don't either i do hold to the view that the seals are in um is matthew 24 jesus is it's everything if you line up the six seals with jesus's teaching in matthew 24 they're they're exact so i do I believe agree. it's in a certain times time frame like the the seven years of daniel's this whole seven years i don't believe is the great tribulation i believe the seven years is Daniel's time of trouble that he talks about. Um, and people will say, uh, you know, it's for the Jews. And they're like, it's only for the Jews. I don't believe that. I don't hold to that. But I do believe that the Jewish, the, uh, the Jews will be here through the, the wrath of God. I don't believe the church will be. Um, but we see in the, in the, even in the trumpets, what you're talking about, not in a single day, is because it says the sting of these, these like, what is it? Locust beasts with those who don't have the seal of God in their forehead. It lasts five months. Yep. And that's just one trumpet. So that's what I'm saying. Like in this three and a half year span, Jesus will cut the church out at a certain time. And then we then begin to see the trumpets and then the seals culminating into events and how we know that the church isn't here for one is revelation 16. Uh, it says, then I heard a loud voice saying from the temple, go to the seven angels 
go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. The seven bowls haven't even been poured out yet. They haven't even been given to the angels. And the first angel went, wait, where are we at? Maybe I misspoke here. 15, that's what I meant. Um, Then I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels who had seven plagues, which are the last, because in them the wrath of God is finished. So these seven bowls have not been poured out yet. They are the last seven plagues, and they're being withhold until a certain time. And it says, and I saw something like a sea of glass mixed with fire, and those who had been victorious over the beast and his image. How does that happen? Death, okay? So, and the number of his name, standing on the sea of glass, holding harps of God. Man, I can't operate this. And they sang the song of Moses, the bondservant of God, and sang the song of the Lamb, and they sung a song, and it said, After these things I looked, the temple of the tabernacle of testimony in heaven was opened, and the seven angels who had the seven plagues came out of the temple, clothed in linen, clean and bright, uh, girded ground, their chests were golden ashes. And it goes on to say that they begin to pour out the seven last bowls. Now, I I don't believe that the book of Revelation is linear. And what I mean by that is I don't think you go from chapter 1 to chapter 22 and that's straight events. To me, I believe it's more like a There's many Christians that do believe. Yes, and that's where they really mess up their belief. I, I do believe in linear in the seals, the trumpets, and the vials. I believe those are linear. Those events are linear, but the book yeah. of Revelation bounces back and forth explaining micro and macro viewing different parts of the what's happening uh and then there's like breaks where it talks about the two witnesses and 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 all of this and and there's just these these breaks in the chapters that talks about something else but for the most part we see a concise we see the scroll in chapter five in the hand and jesus takes it and there's seven seals on the scroll that has all these words written on it. And each time a seal is pulled off, we could imagine that that scroll begins to loosen up. And once that scroll is unraveled, that's, that is the judgment of God. Him coming back on the day of the Lord, like it, well, his, his beginning to move in the day of the Lord. Re, uh, man, what, what am I looking for? He's refurbishing. He's cleansing the earth through the day of the Lord with fire and with all of these things, getting the world ready for that millennial reign. He is, he is punishing this earth, uh, the, the evildoers. He is burning up trees. He's making the oceans, all the things. And then, uh, and, and then he comes during the millennium and things are set straight for the most part. Uh, but we see them singing. The song of Moses on the sea of glass, and I believe the sea of glass is in heaven because they had victory over the mark of the beast. And we get victory over the mark of the beast through beheading the the blood of the lamb and the word of his testimony. And it says they were killed for their testimony of Christ. So here before the the bowls of the wrath of God are even poured out, those, those ones who were standing before the throne in Revelation 6 in the 6th or Revelation 7, John said, who are these that are clothed in white raiment? Where did they come from? He said, these are they that come out of the great tribulation. They had white robes. What does the Revelation 5th seal say? 
they were given white robes who were beheaded and told to wait a little longer. They're before the throne singing, but as the seal, the, the vials are getting ready to be poured out and Christ is getting ready to come in Armageddon to destroy the enemy, the saints are, are now in a different position here. They're on the sea of glass singing and, 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 and are getting ready, I believe, to come with the Lord. Yeah, see, back to preterism, I don't even see how any of that fits within preterism. No, none of it. None of it, exactly. No, I don't either. Um, and of course, you know, let let us forget too, uh, from Amos five eighteen. Uh, Woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. What will the day of the Lord be for you? It will be darkness and not light. Uh, and yep. so, you know, the day of the Lord, there's going to be judgment. It's going to be judgment brought. And yeah, um, it's no joke. You know, I I, I waver, waft back between pre wrath and post trib. Uh, rapture. Um, and I know there's various yep. part points in the book of Revelation where God talks about that. We, you know, we're going to, no matter what, even if we were post-trib rapture, we're going to be protected as believers from God's wrath. Uh, right. but we're not yep. going to be protected from the world's wrath, uh, which is very yep. much coming. Uh, and, um, yep. you know, and, and uh, you know, we will be persecuted. And I believe that it will be uh, a, a lot of persecution here in the United States is going to come from um, people who claim to be Christian or not and so you know we'll probably likely be uh preaching the gospel outside of an nar church during the uh tribulation and uh they'll be coming out of the quote-unquote nar church and uh we will be put to death yes i, I agree and i was going to say that on the on one of our last shows john um you know i see that the NAR, <clears throat> the nar and the dominionist doctrines and some of the things that their leaders have said uh really concern me and i could see them being probably one of the main pushers into this great tribulation because they will and have stated that they want to kill anybody who stands in their way christian or not christian and if your goal wow. is to change the entire world uh to you know for, for the entire world and all the seven spheres to be of influence to be christian man you know how much bloodshed that's going to cause you know how uh, much the, resistance the catholic, is going to be there the catholic church yeah, see, see, that was a, I, it might be a type and a shadow from the uh, the Crusades was a type and a shadow of something similar that's going to be eventually fulfilled. And is it on the a NAR, grander scale? Is it the NAR uh, ecumenical? Yes, they are. They're ecumenical, ecumenical, mm -hmm. and so is the Catholic Church. So they're going yeah. hand in hand. You see what I'm saying? So, so they want a theocracy, uh, and they will be putting true born again believers to death. Yes. And the CMP has disarmed Christians by telling them it's going to be the Muslims only, uh, which is does not appear to be the case. Uh, and so especially here in the United States of America, and I am not saying that there are not Christians dying uh, throughout the world uh, by Muslims, specifically in Africa, for example. We see that very strongly in Nigeria. Uh, but, you know, when we live, we're going through the tribulation, um, it will be people especially in you know country like the united states that claim to be christian that were not born again like catholics right and mormons it, it happened and, once and they are and yeah just like we would discuss just like it happened during the american revolution if you were a born again believer and a baptist and you didn't want to be take part of the masonic american revolution the satanic american revolution you're put to death so it's probably going to happen now, just like it happened then. Yep. 
That was yeah. I didn't even know yeah. that one. That's a good little fun fact. Yeah, no, there was there was there was Anabaptists. There was a story of an Anabaptist. They were chasing him through a swamp, and one of the um, uh, people that were trying to hunt him down for not fighting in the Revolutionary War. This is told in um, uh, Martyr's Mirror, not the other book that tells the the death of the uh, Baptists at the hands and Protestants too. Some Protestants at the hands of the Catholics and uh, uh, Protestants as well, um, and. Uh, the, the guy chasing him fell into the swamp and the Anabaptist, the Holy Spirit convicted him and he turned around and helped the guy who was drowning to save his life. And then they captured the Anabaptist and put him to death, a martyr's death. Wow. And that's, that's another that's thing powerful. people don't realize, don't realize too, is like the Puritans with their matchstick theology killed a lot of people, including other Christians, because they essentially believed that, well, if I kill this dude, he was meant to die because... He was never meant to go to heaven. Yeah. yeah. It's almost like uh, evolution. Like that's why they, the, a lot of the elite created evolution so they could kill off who they wanted because there's no life. It's just survival of the fittest. You, you know, yeah. Eugenics. What happened. Yep. And, and I guess in closing, we know that uh, um, Calvin tricked his friend uh, Servetus, right? And Servetus was put to death Yep. for heresy. So, uh, you know, I do have Calvinist brothers and sisters. I, I love them to death. I am not a Calvinist. I've made that known. I'm a provisionist, though, uh, which me and uh, Jeremy and probably you, Johnny, disagree. I do believe in uh, what's born again, always born again. But that's going to be a discussion <laughs> for, yeah. See, I guess, we're doing a buy their fruits roundtable. I got to find another brother in Christ to back me up it, in provisionism. All right. Yeah, me, me and Johnny Bargo, dude, we actually talked about that once, like the provisionist is probably the term that we create that and the one saved always save thing to us is like the one thing that we just don't agree with yeah within provisionism yeah it's i i do hold to it well, i do I, believe in provisionism i think it would probably just be a different provisionism than right you might call it yeah right. I, I yeah i believe the one put forth by Leighton flowers um and uh you know and, and so it is it's gonna be that look forward to that in a future by their fruits it's gonna be a uh uh a uh once saved always that. saved uh <laughs> uh round table discussion okay uh and so i gotta I'm, I'm hoping to convince um a fellow friend fellow brother in christ aaron if he's out there maybe hopefully he'll join me for that uh so um maybe we'll make it two on two or three on three for discussion um but you know, I, but then again, you know, there were, I, I don't really see, um, uh, I don't really see, uh, board, truly born again, uh, Christians in mass, uh, you know, putting people to death, uh, like the Protestant, uh, reformers did to a degree less so than the, than the Catholic, uh, church, yep. uh, did. Uh, but I would argue that we're going to see it come to its bear its rotten fruit uh of of the nar and dominionism uh which many of them are all millennials uh yep. coming in the future so many many of them are uh yeah like it's it's all man it's just we need to be prepared man because america has never i don't think america has ever faced what they what we might be facing and it could be in the near future. God is the author of all things. Uh, I trust him. Whatever comes, it could be a long time from now. Like you said, the end time might be 500 years. I don't see that at all. But God yeah. is God, and he, he, he'll he do what he will. He's sovereign. Um, 
in my sovereignty doesn't mean I, he decrees all things. I just, he can do what he wills. Um, but I, I give a prophecy a while back, I think it was two or three years ago, uh, that there would be a dark cloud come upon America and many would be put to death. But if you cling tight to him and don't stray away from him, he will be with us every step of the way. Uh, and to be prepared, you know, so America could face that at any moment. And in my personal opinion, with the with the hyper preterism and a lot of the pre-trib or whatever, they're not ready to face what is about to come. Yeah. You yeah. take a street dog, a, a junkyard dog who survives, who fights, who thrives in that environment, who is prepared for anything which we are to be. And then you take a house dog who gets his uh, food chopped up and put on a platter, you know, told to get in the house if there's another dog and it's not prepared for anything and you throw them into that environment, they won't survive. So the church needs to try to reach out and grab these people, not in some divisional way, but because we truly love them and say, listen, I know what you believe, All right, but enough, we got to be prepared. Satan is not playing. God's word has warned us, and you're you're on dangerous ground because you're not ready for the greatest time that the world has ever seen. So, this is a serious subject. I think uh, it needs to be prayed about much by the church. I pray that the blocks of the the lack of understanding and the misconception of the scripture be removed from their eyes, and they accept. Okay, maybe I will get taken out of here before anything. But what if I don't? Am I yeah. ready for that? Yeah. And that's I, what they need to be prepared for. I want to be presently surprised, brother, that the pre-tribulation people, rapture people are correct. <laughs> you know, I don't yeah. think they are, but I mean, go, I, glory I, to God. I, I pray they are. Yeah. I pray they are. I, I, it just, as Jesus told us in Luke 21, 36, uh, you know, it's something you alluded to earlier. Watch ye therefore pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that should come to pass and to stand before the Son of yep. Man. So I, I hope, yep. you know, but then again. Take me out early, God. Yes, but then again, God might want some of us around to preach the gospel even while we're getting our heads chopped off as the martyrs yeah, well, I've always said, why would he want to take the church out of the time that the church is needed the most and leave it to a bunch of backsliders? who are left behind, that's, that don't make much sense to me. Uh, you know, and in Luke there, I was thinking about this the other day because people brought that up to me, uh, you know, to be, be worthy to escape the things that are coming on the earth. To me, I kind of don't think that might not be the Antichrist uh, coming on the earth. I think it's what, because he is on the earth, but what is coming on the earth from above from the trumpets and the in the yeah. bowls are all divine yeah. from heaven that's how i see and it too. that is what we are wanting to escape through the rapture and resurrection we will escape the wrath of god not the tribulation because we've never escaped the tribulation in our in you know uh throughout the church age so that's yeah, just, history, uh, history shows man that whenever the church goes through great tribulation that you know uh it spreads and more people get saved and i think that we're going to see that also in the end times. I mean, that the nope. number of the sand is, is innumerable. But see, I, I, I believe, and you guys might disagree with me on this. I believe that it's uh, the, the, um, the tribulation 
the time of the Gentiles uh, is when, you know, the kind of the age of the church per se, that that's when the majority of, of the Gentiles came to, to, to Jesus Christ, where the Jews yeah. were uh, blind, blinded by their own um, uh, arrogancy and as well as, you know, God partially blinded them too. You know, not that there haven't been yeah. any Jewish people who have come to Christ, they have. You know, but yeah. um, but not it, it, but during the tribulation, though, any revival, any revival that happens are going to be people that were kind of they were born again, but they were just, I mean, by the skin of the teeth. OK, and they become more, you know, they repent and become more firm. OK, yeah. And and, and 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 so I think that's probably if any revival, that's what it's going to be. All right, uh, and and mass, okay, um, and that you know, and so that's at least how I look at it. You guys might disagree with me on that. I think most of the people that do become born again during the tribulation were Jews, were Jews uh, that finally realized that Jesus Christ is the King of King and Lord of Lords. Um, and so you know, that's the way I see it. Um. I'm open to be, you know, to 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 be wrong. You know, I would love to yep, see many many Gentiles come to Christ too. Uh, but I see the NAR pushing that. I see a lot of false teachers pushing that, and so that makes me very weary. You know, I, it makes me kind of well, I don't know about this. You know, so that's how I see it. Um, I'm, I, you know, God is sovereign. I could be wrong about that, but that's just the way I see it. Yeah, Revelation seven, where where I think like. I think, see, I'm a believer that believes that when the blinders are taken off, I think we talked, that's what I came on last time mm -hmm. about the blinders yeah. being taken yeah. off of Israel. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. That's going to be a massive revival for them. And that's at Armageddon. To me, uh, and I'm also totally open to be wrong, and I like that, you know, and love to shift my, my belief if the scripture dictates it. Um, but Revelation 7 says, who are these in white robes? And it was those that came out of every nation, tribe, tongue, uh, you know, all over the world. And it was a number which no man could number. And those had white robes in the fifth seal being beheaded. So I, I think that, that the beheading and, uh, and those in white robes that are in heaven, they are, it's a mass number of all people, uh, not necessarily just the Jew. But I believe after that, there's going to be the Jew yeah. in mass yeah. that they will come back and uh, when they see him, who whom they pierce. I I agree with that. I agree with yep. that. Um, and well stated. Um, you know, and then if 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 I guess one one last thing to to that is is if if uh, the Noahide laws is part of the future B system, uh, that is the death of the quote unquote idolatry as that we believe in Jesus Christ is by beheading. So. Yep. There is that aspect yeah. too as well. That's that's dangerous. Which comes out of what the, the Zohar and the Talmud, right? Um I, I yeah, some of the I mean a lot of it is modern day Chabad Lubavitch uh Mixed pushing of, Kabbalah. Of, the Noah, of the Noahide laws. But I would what I would say is Johnny, I something I think you would agree with. And I think that's something you've stated too, is is the the return to the uh Hebrew roots. Uh, is a way of pushing Noah, the Noahide laws and making it more palatable as well. Definitely, definitely. Um, which again, I guess we're returning to the heresies of the first century, right? Uh, Judaizing yep. and Gnosticism. Yep. Full circle. <laughs> yep. Yep. Full circle. 
Uh, A, we're returning to the martyrdom of the first century too, are we not? So Exactly, full circle, man. That that goes back to the point we made in the beginning where we said things that have all, certain things have always happened and they're going to keep coming around. Wars have always happened, but there's going to be the war. Mm -hmm. Famines have always happened, but there's going to be the famines. Antichrist, as John said, or even in his day, but we know that Antichrist shall come. So many antichrists have already and still to this day are on the scene, but we still know that one is to come. And that's why we have said tonight, folks, if you're listening to this and you don't, you didn't hold to this, prepare. I pray we get out of here, but I don't see it. So I'd rather be, I'd rather have something I don't need than not have something I do need when it's time. Yeah. I've always said to the pre-tribbers too, uh, you know, at least be open enough to the possibility that you're wrong, that you prepare yourself. Therefore, no matter what happens, you're ready to go. As long as they are, and don't preach it's 100% true that you don't have to worry. I don't have a problem with any pre-tripper. My only problem yeah. is when they're like, oh, you don't have to worry about any of this stuff. We're gone. And I'm like, that's that's dangerous. That's yeah, dangerous. and when all, yeah. all sides pretty much tell you that if you don't believe in this or that, you're not saved. No, of course, that. That. of course, of course that's that. an issue too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that so many times from those camps that uh, I'm not believing the gospel and I'm not even they would question if I'm even saved. I'm not going to tell I'm not going to tell a pre-tribber, you know, I don't believe they're saved, you know, um, definitely not. you know, and, and, and I would hope that they would do the same. Uh, you know, yep. and so, um, you know, so yeah, I, yeah, that's, that's an issue too. Thank you for bringing that up, Jeremy. That's a problem too. Um, you know, these, this is secondary doctor when it comes to eschatology, I would say a full preterist, it's very dangerous theology. Um, you know, I would say a, 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 a pre-tribber that says, well, hundred percent sure know this, not that's dangerous theology. I put it almost equal to full preterism. Um, but, you know, outside of that, you know, if a person believes that and but they're still opening to being wrong and being a watchman or watchwoman on the wall, then I don't, you know, I, I don't I disagree, but I'll still call my brother and sister in Christ. Yeah, absolutely. You guys know Carl, uh, Carl Lawson, Charles Lawson. Yes. Yeah. See, he's a pre-tribber, but I love that guy. I go to his church. You're not going to ever yeah. find a place yeah, that teaches every single thing that you believe no, in it's not nice when they're close but it's not gonna happen i attend know? a i attend a calvinist church i don't believe in calvinism but i would yeah. attend a calvinist baptist church because i know that the pastor Savage. though he's he's wrong about calvinism he cares and tends for his flock and he is a man called by god and he's born again all right so i disagree yeah. with him about calvinism but as far as him being aware of the nar and dominionism and uh, you know, all you know, the great awakening nonsense and everything, and Trump's not our guy and stuff. He is 100% spot on on that. So, you know, if we are truly entering the tribulation, okay, I'd rather, you know, him be my pastor, even though he's blinded by Calvinism, in my opinion, than to be with a pastor that is completely unaware to any of that stuff and is still pushing Trump yeah. as the rightful president of the United States of America and all the great awakening nonsense. Okay. So eh. what do they call him? What, what of the old Testament? They, they, he's Cephas uh, Cyrus King, the great King Cyrus. Cyrus. Yeah. King oh, Cyrus head, the great. Dude. And uh, now, now that now they're calling him the uh, savior of West, Western civilization. First, it was America. 
Uh, and so they keep building it up. They keep building up. So eventually they're going to call him the savior of the world. That's if he's the Antichrist. I'm not saying 100% he is, but they're definitely building yeah. up that rhetoric. So See, I wonder if they're going to say that when he funds everything needed for them to build the third temple. And then he's lifted yeah. up even higher. Yep. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. Um, I guess in closing, one last thing. Um, Johnny, uh, who do you believe the two witnesses are in Revelation? I'm just curious. Uh, um, Moses and Elijah. Okay, I think it's Enoch and Elijah. But I'm open to Moses and Elijah too. Yeah, Both are good. I think both are convincing, but uh, me too. I, I think it's Moses and Elijah. I mean, uh, yeah, if Moses you, and Elijah. If you guys have me back on, I would definitely love to have that conversation. Okay. I have no problem Absolutely. with that whatsoever, I love, brother. I love that conversation. I do too. I do too. It's I, think very it, I think it's very... fun just to explore all the all the different views of that one. That that was yes. a fun study. Yes. Um. And and uh, of course, none of us are saying if you believe either word that you're not a brother and sister in Christ. Yeah. You know. Um, and, and none of us can be absolutely certain either. So it's got to yes. be an open discussion. It does very you know, much so. so. Uh, yeah. Which well, I guess one last thing is, is something you brought up earlier. I'm pretty sure you're seeing in the Hebrew roots movement they really don't like talking about eschatology very much. And if they do, they kind of gravitate towards preterism. Yeah. Yeah. Hebrew roots is definitely something that's super, probably, in my opinion, I think Hebrew roots is probably the, the leader in danger right now. That mm -hmm. and the, the ecumenical, um, those are the two leaders of the dangerous doctrine heresies right now. Because what that is, is you have your first century uh, and uh, Gnosticism in your first century judaism pretty much against the church again like as we talk so that is definitely a subject that people have got to come out and I, I thank god that through um doing apologetics on hebrew roots in the last couple of years we have saw many many people uh return back to the faith and come out of that so i yeah. really praise yep. god for that i mean I've god pulled that. me out of it by his glory by his grace he showed me uh, you know, Amen. I was I was pulled out of New Age Gnostic beliefs, um, and um, I, I am I I thank God and praise God every day for that. Um, That's all. And and um, but uh, uh, anything else you want to say in closing, Jeremy? No, just thank you for coming on again, Johnny. We love having you on, man. It's yes, always very satisfying. Much so. And dude, it's a you, I think that you have the gift of teaching. I really mm -hmm. do. I do too. And uh, I can't wait to have you on again, bro. Uh, I I see that every single time there's something on your heart. That I'm that I'm also seeing on Facebook. It might be like one or two topics that I'm also seeing with you. We just want to keep having you on to talk about those things. Very much so. Yeah, man. Anytime. Anytime. Thank you for everything that you do for the Lord, brother. Appreciate you guys. All right, everybody. That's it for by their fruits. Um, take care, everybody. God bless. Uh, we'll see you soon. Bye. God bless. Thank you for listening to Buy Their Fruits. May the Lord bless the giver, the gift, and the receiver.